0: Weiss sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Lieben, wie geht's? Willkommen zum das Einziger Schalker Podcast auf Englisch. That's right folks, officially the world's only English Schalker Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carman. Thank you for tuning back to our show. Schalker Fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. We'll also pick out articles on the club and talk a little bit about them. As always, joining me on the show is rock star Jack Mangan. How are you doing, Jack?
1: Doing well, Richard. I am coming from the office this evening rather than the more quiet confines of my residence. So I apologize if there's any background noise at any point. I hope we can get this in before the clean crew uh, starts vacuuming or anything. But just want to get that disclosure <laughs> out of the way. hope you're not doing any work during the podcast. No, absolutely not. I'm doing the podcast during work.
0: <laughs> very good <laughs> well it is victory monday uh six victories in a row jack uh this is a uh, this is a ter- territory we haven't seen in a quite a
1: while yeah who would have thunk it um it, six in a row is very impressive most of those being clean sheet victories as well so, um, at least in terms of scoreline, fairly comprehensive. And um, we're finally starting to get some traction and pull away. You know, for part of this this winning streak that we've been on, a lot of the teams below us have been winning as well. Um, it's really only until the last couple of weeks that they've been dropping some points, um, you know, particularly their classicer this weekend, where Dortmund uh, took quite a <laughs> slacking at the hands of Bayern, which we love to see, obviously. Absolutely. Um, so we we are at the end of match day twenty eight, four points clear of Dortmund now, rather than the the one point we had been for a while. And there was also because of the uh, the uh, the two nil victory for us, a six nil victory for Dortmund. Um, I mean for Bayern, uh, eight goal swing in terms of the goal difference, which you know potentially could come into play at the end of the season. I will, but uh, that was huge too because there's not only a uh, of, of two goals between us and as, as a tiebreaker that could be important later on yeah
0: and like you said there's now some separation between us and Dortmund and, and the rest of the pack Yeah, even Frankfurt uh, dropped some points so uh because I think everyone in the top six dropped points except for us and Bayern obviously uh so it's it's good to see some separation there and once again we uh we halt Bayern celebrations for another week at least um love to I see mean, that technically we still could probably catch him but I, I am not so sure that's that'll happen. What about you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going down. But uh, and you know the, the Champions League isn't locked up for us either. But it's nice to finally see some separation. I, I'm feeling more confident now than I than I have yes. in the last couple weeks.
0: And so there's only one other big game after this week before the big derby uh, against Dortmund. Uh, mm-hmm. So hopefully we can get into that and in, on a seven game win streak. But let's uh, let's not count our chickens too early. Let's get on into this game. Uh, um. I'm ready to get on with it. You, how about you? Ready, ready to take us
1: on? Let's do it.
0: All right. And this one, as we said, uh, Chaka, our hosts in uh, and arena, Freiburg. Uh, Freiburg coming to this, this game. Um... They've towards the bottom of the table, but they are not in relegation fight right now, but uh in relegation zone I should say. But um without with you know, still the fact remains that they are not at where they would love to be. They probably want to be a mid table team, uh pushing for a Europa League spot, but uh their team isn't as uh talent as some of the teams in Bundesliga Jack, and so it's it's a little tough for them to try to try to get points week in and week out.
1: It's been a difficult campaign for them. Um but yeah, as you as you say they are Slightly above where some of the other teams at the very bottom are in terms of that relegation fight, so um, I think they'll probably be fine. Uh, there would have to be poor results for them at the end of the year for anything to happen, because I think even as, what is it? Hamburg is like 11 points behind them, or yeah. so. Um, so they're yeah they're sitting in 14th, and so hopefully they'll be okay. But yeah, not not the season they probably would have hoped for.
0: So let's take a look let's, let's take a look let's take a look at the lineups of this one. Uh it's a pretty standard lineup for Shaka. In goal we had Ralph Fermin, in defense Stambouli, Naldo and Nastasić. In the midfield we had Kalajiri, Goretzka, Bentila makes another start and Ochipka. And then up top, uh top left you had Mbolo, and the famous false nine Franco Di Santo mm-hmm. and then Bergstahler was uh in the right right wing. Um Standard lineup, I guess. Nothing uh, shocked you other than maybe Bentaleb.
1: He's been getting some traction recently, um, and I think some of his performances have been somewhat. I guess he's had a, he's had a couple decent ones recently, and uh, um, you know maybe with the the bad taste in the mouths of the organization regarding Max Meyer and and that contract negotiation recently, maybe Bentaleb's getting some looks over him.
0: Yeah, and he's actually kind of doing well in this position of the uh, the number six that Max Meyer had been you know, in most of the season. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he's been playing better. And so, hence, uh, Tedesco has given him some more game time. Um, on the bench for this one, Nubel Meyer, as we just mentioned, uh, Konoplyanka, Tilo Kerr, Cedric Tukert is in the bench, and, mm-hmm. I mean, Harit, and as well as Alessandro Schoff. Um, going over to Freiburg now real quick, uh Shvalov, say how whatever is how you say the goal is name. <laughs> uh, Koch, Gulda, uh, Soyuncu, Stencil, Sierra, Hufler, Gunter, uh, Haberer, Kath, and Niels Peterson, the captain. Any of those names scare you, other than saying the goaltender's name?
1: <laughs> yeah, they got some. They got some good names on this squad. But yeah, a uh, great season. I think he has 12 goals. So far, certainly the danger man uh, for Freiburg. So I was uh, a little bit wary of him coming into this match.
0: So I didn't know if you caught this. Uh, they did show him throughout the game, but Hoop Stevens was actually in attendance in this one. Uh, fans actually voted him Shaka coach of the century. Uh, he got them to the. He, he's, he's famous for the you know the Euro fighters and then winning the uh, uh, Europa League or back then it was called the UEFA Champions Cup or whatever. Uh, did you did you see him in the during the game
1: in the crowd? <sighs> I didn't actually notice that. Schalke coach of the century. That's that's quite a uh an accomplishment. Although, I mean, really with how many coaches Schalke's had, you really only have to have one good season. It's so maybe be Schalke coach of the century because it seems like there's a new coach every year. But uh <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but uh always great to have people come back to to the Velden Arena. I love seeing whether it's former players or whoever. It's always it's always nice for the fans and for the club.
0: So Schalke coming into this one were in probably their best form since the 2011-2012 season. Uh, last time that Shock were able to get six wins in a row, you'd have to go all the way back to the 2006-2007 season. Jack, so that's a long time ago that uh, since we've been this good. Uh, we haven't looked fabulous as, as far as fan perspective, but uh, they're getting the results. They're playing better de- defensively, and uh, you got to like the results as far as the points coming along.
1: Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. I, I, I felt that even though we've had some clean sheets uh the defensive performances haven't as convincing as that would suggest um but you know at some point you just got to tip your hat to them and say you know what it is they're, they're not letting up any goals and um when you can do that you're yourself in a position to win a lot of games um and you know Shalk is usually good for at least, you know, at least one themselves so uh, I think that's how we've gotten to this six game winning streak as you say that's a kind of a historic run for them it's not something that happens to any team outside of maybe like Bayern or something all that often and certainly hasn't happened in a long time for Schalke so that's
0: one team that can't really say that is uh Freiburg uh, coming to this one they had no wins in their last four so after today after this weekend's results has no wins in five uh, coming into this game as well Ralph Fairman had 374 minutes without conceding a goal uh, I believe you told me this off air. He is now leading the league in clean sheets. Uh, that's quite a quite a stretch, quite a difference from where we were maybe at the end of the Rook though, After all those goals were given up and those and those those yips, I guess you would call them.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, don't quote me on that. I think I saw that stat somewhere out there. I could have made that up. But if he's not the league leader in clean sheets, he's he's got to be pretty close. And A number of those have come in the last four or five matches. So I've already tweeted it out.
0: It has to be official now. (laughs)
1: Okay. Well, there you go. (laughs) My word is law. Apparently.
0: That's right. <laughs> uh, but no, Fairman's playing a lot better now. And uh, like I said, during this win streak alone, they hit like had four or five clean sheets. So um, he's playing much, much better. The team in front of him is playing much better defensively. Uh, cause I we, would love we, to
1: see him get on the World Cup squad this summer. I don't think it's going to uh, happen. That would be nuts, but yeah, I, I would I would love to see that for him.
0: So who's the third goaltender? I mean, we know the first two are obviously, well, I guess, I don't know what Neuer's situation is. But um, Ter Stegen is obviously going to be called up. And then probably who? Yeah, it could be, or... could, be,
1: could be yeah, It could be, Trapp, could be Berlino. Um, oh,
0: Berlino, yeah. Yeah, th-
1: there's a number of guys in contention for it. They're uh, so
0: stacked. Uh, in yeah, I mean, and
1: as long as Neuer has some match minutes under his belt before the end of the year, um, and maybe he won't, but, I mean, he didn't play for Bayern this week, did he? I don't think so. Uh, I don't um, think he did. I mean, as long as he gets some match minutes, I think he, you just kind of have to take him, obviously, just because, I mean, yeah, he's been out for a while, but you wouldn't expect him to drop off that significantly in a year. He is still... Arguably the best in the world, um, and you know Ter Stegen, and obviously somebody who's right behind him. But I would love that for Fairman. I think I think he's I think he's quietly been one of the better goalkeepers in the game, really all of Europe over the last few seasons. And um, it'd be cool to get it, see him get some record of like that.
0: Actually, Sven Ulreich uh, got the start in this one again. So yeah, Neuer no, still uh, still yet to make a start for uh, for Bayern coming off that injury. Um, all right, so in this game. Um, there was a lot of pressing going on from Schalke early on. Uh, Mbolo was pressing a lot. He was using the speed, uh, causing Freiburg a lot of trouble, causing a lot of turnovers. Um, it's good to see him back. It feels like he's getting finally confident in his legs again, that he can just go out all, all out because he was certainly doing that in the beginning, and he's causing Freiburg all sorts of trouble.
1: I thought he had a very good game, and we'll get to some more of that later, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, he's I, he certainly looks like he's you know fit. He's confident in his body at this point um you know he's got he's got the strength to to hold off players and he's you know he's got you know the uh the work rate's getting a little bit better i think as well you're starting to see some of that as you said on on the defensive end um in, term, in terms of his press which is maybe something that players like, you know, Bergstaller or Franco de would do better. But um, yeah, he definitely got off to a good start in that way. And I think I think Freiburg actually was, was doing the same thing early in this yeah, match. And yeah. I think maybe the first 10 minutes or so, uh, both teams were really kind of out of their rhythm um, and not be able to string much together offensively.
0: Uh, one of the few opportunities Schalke did have early on is uh, when Bergstaller and, and Mbola were doing a little nice give and go. Uh, they're obviously building chemistry, which is great to see because they're, they're starting to peak at the right time of season. Uh, it's a tough stretch for us, and uh, it's important to, to end the season on a good note. Um, and there looks like they're getting to that point where they're, they're going to know where they are on the pitch at all times. And uh, hopefully we get some more re- results as far as goals between these two collaborating.
1: Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, we've kind of had... Uh... I mean I guess I guess Bergstrom and DeSanto with a lot of minutes this season and then obviously Imbolo in the second half um it, it would be nice if we kind of lock down a uh, kind of a consistent striker partnership up there man you know Imbolo figures to be somebody who's um in in the side for probably still quite young so to the extent that we uh you know he can get traction with some of the older guys that are probably for a couple more seasons that would that would be great uh you know I think it's going to it's going to help our our offense as, as he gets you know, further down the road, you know, consistent minutes and everything. Um, You know, he was a big signing for us when we brought him in, and I think he has a lot of potential, and, uh, you know, he's starting to show that. Absolutely. And so, you know,
0: we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, Nabil Bentaleb. The shit that we were giving him early in the season is that, like, he really wasn't making runs up the field. Most of his passes were just like to the side or to the back. It wasn't really attacking as you would want. Uh, Like we see Meyer do plenty of that when he's played this season. Uh, But in the fifteenth minute, though, uh, Naldo, there was a nice run by Benteleb, and he had a good opportunity. It was one of his rare runs. Hopefully, it's more. It becomes more, more, uh, more frequent. uh, But he had a nice run up the pitch. Um, He's been playing a lot better lately, and and, I mean, we we said this earlier, but um, I guess you know with. A little bad taste in the mouth, like you said, and and, and management uh, with Meyer possibly leaving, uh, giving N- Nabil Bentaleb more opportunities, and he's starting to take it and run with it because uh, he does lo- look more confident uh, on the pitch these days, and um, he doesn't lose the ball as much. Though he does, he did make some uh, odd passes in this one that caused turnovers for sure.
1: I don't I don't want to read much into uh, Meyer, you know, being sad a couple times recently. I mean, that happened with Harid as well. It certainly seems as though the chemistry in the team is good. Um, particularly between Tedesco. Whenever they interact on camera, it seems like they're fine. Um, so I don't want to, you know, suggest that, you know, maybe there's some drama and Tedesco's intentionally benching my all the time. But I mean, I-, I-, I can't help but wonder if that's somehow related. And, you know, you have guys like Bentaleb and Weston McKinney who are, you know, figured to be here next season. Um, and it's probably important that we start giving them some minutes rather than Meyer and Gresk. I mean, obviously, we're trying to qualify for the Champions League, so your best players got to start. But um, I mean, I think maybe that's contributing to the rotation of some of those other guys in here a little bit more frequently. And then, as yeah, as far as that play goes, um, I think it was actually like an interception from from Ben maybe a tackle. He he, he kind of yeah, yeah, defender and yeah, a little burst of pace we don't see that from him too often. And then, yeah, it was a it was a nice run. He uh, uh, really put a move on the defender. I forget which defender that was. Uh, maybe it was. Cook, maybe I forget, but uh, yeah, really did him, and he actually he had a brief window where I thought he might have been able to take it on his right foot and get a shot in, but um, ultimately he got closed down by the rest of the fence, and you know he kind of went out for a corner, I think, but um, yeah, it was a good play, and almost led to something early, and it was great to see him kind of, you know, charging in from the midfield.
0: So you know, it was evident in for 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 good part of the first half, really, that uh, Shaka kept on with his high press and it was causing lots of turnovers. Um, it's 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 kind of you know these, the front three. I think they maybe amassed a total of what like 15 goals this season, if if that together um, combined. Most of those goals are from Um While they haven't been getting the goals, they have been doing what Tedesco likes, and it's it's you know causing pressure on the defense, and they come back defensively as well um the high, high press is typically risky for size you know like dortmund you see what happened to them this weekend in and, and their classicer. uh but kalajeri and ochipka you know they're they're smart enough to drop back uh, and help out defensively so it, while the press uh, at times can be risky for some teams it seems with shaka that they're in safe hands with guys like kalajeri and ochipka there to back them up and then also you got the the front three who who do come back and help out which is which is important um De Santo, well, he may not contribute offensively in terms of goals. Uh, I read an article somewhere where that he said maybe uh, De Santos becoming the first uh, defensive trick artista or uh, false nine. So uh, that's an idea, I guess. <laughs> <think> about
1: that? <laughs> that's pretty funny. That is funny. But yeah, I think Schalke is is um, under jesco's leadership. They're very fluid in terms of uh, kind of the the shifting shape of their formation um whether you know they're further of the pitch or, or further back and I think that l- helps them not get caught out often when they are pressing um they do a good get, good job of you know getting those wing backs back and and transitioning into a, a harder defensive shell and um I mean that's probably contributed to the defensive really so uh yeah I mean Caliguri and Ochipka, I mean they're they're phenomenal and I don't think they talk about their defensive work enough um given how good they have the Cal- Caliguri has in on the offensive side whether it's you know scoring goals or uh, you know their set piece delivery, um, but they really do a lot of uh, dirty work as well on the pitch, and they've been they both done all this season.
0: Absolutely, and uh, I actually forgot to hit hit the uh, unmute button, so I was talking <laughs> to myself for a little bit. Uh, don't mind me; it's a Monday. <laughs> it is. No, so I no, I agree one hundred percent. So. The first half would end 0 0. wasn't very thrilling in terms of scoreline or anything. Um, it wasn't the most dull first half for sure in, in this season and during a six game stretch for sure. Uh, what did you make overall of the first half?
1: It was dull as some, but yeah, there, w- there weren't a lot of clear chances, I thought, for really either side. There was, as I said, the first 10 minutes or so, both teams were really kind of out of their rhythm, I thought. Then there was this, yeah. this yeah. five minute stretch. Starting around the tenth minute, where Schalke had a kind of a succession of chances. Um, uh and, and had, a, had a breakaway at one point that you know led to nothing. Maybe he should have picked out DeSanto, but went for uh, you know Bergster. Um, yeah, I mean, so there's a couple small ones, but you know not, nothing really came of it. And, and after that stretch, the rest of the half was was fairly fairly planned. Uh, you know, I was it, well, we've seen this from Schalke a lot this season, though. Um, yeah. You know, waiting until the match to really make a move in capital on something so yeah this isn't particularly unusual
0: something that was pretty usual uh, coming in the second half uh, about 9 minutes in or so uh tedesco made a substitution uh, he likes these early half substitutions and he made two of them in fact uh franco di santo was off for amin harit in the 53rd as well as bastian Ochipka coming off for alessandro Shov. now this di santo for harit that's that's fairly standard for me i'm not too, nothing doesn't bother me too much uh but the Ochipka coming off for alessandro Shov was interesting not that Shov can't do the job but i was i wondered if why? What was the mentality behind taking Ochipka, who's a defender, off uh, for Shup? Maybe I guess he wanted to see more more attack in this one. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, it was interesting to see a double sub in the fifty fourth minute. That that is fairly early in the half. Like a couple of your moves. Um, we we've seen Shup from the, the wing back position though. There have been usually when that happens though, Caligari goes over to the left and Shup right. <laughs> right, um, right, Yeah, but we have we have seen him in there sometimes. So. I mean, it was interesting to see Ochipka subbed off. I didn't think he had up or anything. Um, You know, could have just been fresh legs, but uh, I I guess, I don't know. Maybe he felt comfortable with uh, the lack of offense from Freiburg and and wasn't concerned putting in, who, as you say, is probably a little bit more offensive minded than uh, than, than Ochipka is. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't even
0: think about that. Yeah. So, no, absolutely. Uh, So that probably was what it was because. Freiburg really weren't offering much offensively, um, but they did finally get you know for the first 60 minutes. or So, Farman wasn't troubled too much, or fairly uh, easy saves for him that came. No, any any chances that came his way, he would have gotten very easily. Uh, but Freiburg's first real opportunity came in the 61st minute when Sierra um, mm-hmm. had opportunity and clanks it off the post. Uh, he would Fremont had no chance of that. Had that gone in or uh, uh, in direction of the goal uh so uh he got lucky on that one and then uh, as the soccer gods have it uh the the ball eventually goes down the pitch about like a minute later um and imbolo gets taken down in the box by guldi uh, um do you think that was a penalty
1: <sighs> oh man i mean i think it has to be <laughs> right but I-, I did feel bad for Freiberg. because like i'll say this if that had happened to Schalke, from the other perspective, I would have been annoyed with it. And the reason is this. I mean, Mbolo gets there first. It, it's kind of a 50-50 ball. It, it squirts out. The Mbolo had his ball kind of on the edge of the box. I believe the ball kind of comes in, bounces off the defender, and it kind of squirts into the bench. It's Mbolo, it's in, it's in and I forget the defender. Who was involved um, uh, trying to get there? It's kind of a 50 50 ball. And Imbolo gets there first, and then he is sort of taken out by the defender. But um, the touch that Imbolo puts on that ball is not a touch where he's going to regain possession. Like, it's not like he's trying to, like you know, get it around the defender and then continue his run. And it's really not even a shot either. He basically just gives it to the goalie. Um, and then that turns into a penalty, which I thought from the Freiburg perspective is, is probably pretty cheap. I mean, like, if that had happened in the middle of the park, and Mbolo had kind of on the defender, then you could have said, yeah, well, I mean, he was going to get the ball and then continue his run. Obviously, that's got to be, um, you know, a pretty egregious foul. But in that situation, it seemed Mbolo kind of made a little cheap play to get it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, it it is act on him. He is taken out, and I mean, I think it probably has to be called. I just, you know, feel bad for Freiburg.
0: Yeah, yeah, like you said, the touch was was a little strong. In fact, as soon as he touched it, it went like right to the keeper. It was almost like a pass to the keeper. Uh, But I mean, he did get taken down the box. So in that respect, I can see why it would be called the foul. Uh, It wasn't the most um, weak. It wasn't the weakest penalty we've we've had this season. I'll put it that way. It was probably middle (laughs) middle of the road uh, as far as penalties that we've gotten in this in the season. Uh, But a penalty nonetheless was called. Typically, when we get penalty, sh- uh, penalty opportunities, Nabil Bentaleb is one who stands up. In this one, though, Daniel Caligiri would step up, and he would score Schalke's ninth penalty this season with a brilliant strike. I believe it was off the post. Uh, nine penalties scored for Schalke this season in nine opportunities. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the nines are wild in this one, Jack.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's actually making me nervous. I, I part of me almost kind of hopes that we miss one before we go into like the the derby against Dortmund or against you know, into a cup game because uh, you know the longer that streak of conversions goes on, you almost feel like you're due for it. And, like want that to happen in a big match, um, but that's you know that's the the pest. As long as they don't
0: go uh, their first miss and first misses, and they go in like in a, a shootout and like the. Uh, Semi final or finalism of the DF People Cal and just miss every penalty. Yeah, game. exactly.
1: That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. But uh, yeah, great record on, on penalties and and thank goodness of some of the offensive struggles we've had. We really have relied on some of those to to win a couple matches. But uh, it's a great hit from Cali It's a great penalty, and I think it did think it deposed like you said. It was left side and hit with a lot of conviction and uh, just kind of lasered in there. So, um, man, nice conversion.
0: So right after that. Uh... So I guess Niels Peterson didn't like the call that led to the to the penalty. Um, he ended up getting a yellow, and then like as they were going back to the center circle, he kept t- he kept jawing at the referee. And Niels Peterson ended up getting a red, a double yellow for descent. Um, and this was actually his 150th game. So you hate to see a guy celebrating his, uh, his milestone like that and go off in such a a, a piss poor way. You know, I. I I don't blame Niels Peterson because I could see if that was against me, I would be angry too, but uh, that's not a, I wouldn't kick out, especially as a captain. A captain, you should be able to say a few more words. And I mean, I don't know exactly what he said, but uh, what'd you make it the, the whole yellow, double yellow red there? Well,
1: I don't want to let him off because yeah, I think if that penalty gets called, you're probably, you're angry about it. And the initial from all the Freiburg players was to run up to the, you know, the referee and protest it, it was a penalty. And I don't think you have to be that angry that you go and get yourself sent off of it. It's, it's, I mean, it's not worth it. I mean, this guy's kind of their talisman this season. He's, he's very important to them. He scored 12 goals. So right after you go down, he's the last you want to have, get into any sort of card trouble. And the interesting thing was that I didn't actually see him first yellow. Uh, So which, which is much have happened you know in the immediate aftermath of that penalty call I didn't see that in right, on the right. broadcast and I don't think you know any of the commentators mentioned it so when no. he got the red card um for that second yellow I hadn't even seen that the first one and I was like whoa where did that come from so that was kind of shocking to me <laughs> but yeah I mean it's just stupid you can't be doing that he's he's I mean he's the captain too isn't he and he you know he makes some yeah. other comment and uh you've got to let it go and move on it was it was stupid from him and then um that decision uh, just freaked out Christian Strike on the sideline, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he starts going ballistic. He gets in the ref's face, and he's you know he's gesticulating wildly, and you know he's he like, turned it, into
0: the em- he turned into the emperor from Star Wars or something like
1: that. Yeah, I mean, he looked positively rabid. He was just he was crazy, and so he ends up getting himself sent off. So in, in the in in the space of like three minutes, Freiberg go from hitting the post and almost taking the lead. To conceding a penalty, going behind, losing their best player and their coach in a matter of four minutes. <laughs> and it just completely turned the match around. And then the, the funny thing, this is what this is the funniest thing, is Christian strike after making this huge scene, you know, being being all macho and, and freaking out the ref, starts, you know, he gets sent to the, the tunnel, whatever. So he starts walking off the pitch and he goes the wrong way. DeSanto, who's sitting on the bench at this point, has to kind of like stop him and redirect that. him towards the tunnel. I thought that was great that DeSanto Knew where the tunnel is because uh, he clearly doesn't know where the goal is. But you know, if, if he can learn. Oh, you know, if he can learn one of those, maybe he can learn where the goal is too. Um, so that's <laughs> yeah, that, that gives Alka fans some hope. So that's just the next time we got to train him on. But yeah, it was it was a pretty wild sequence, and it changed the complexion of this match.
0: No, it definitely did. Uh, Shaka did start to get more opportunities. Uh, both Mbolo and Naldo had shots uh, shortly after uh, going up one man, and uh, this one. Uh, but Then about nine minutes later, uh, that number keeps popping up, um, Bolo, he ends up holding off two defenders really well, and then he pokes it to uh, Nabil Bentaleb, who makes a perfect through pass to uh, Guido Bergstaller. He scores his ninth of the season, and that was another great strike off the post, very similar, almost similar location to the Daniel Caligiri, 2-0 uh, uh, that game, that pretty much wrapped up the game there, but... Uh, what a what a sequence there from you know Mbolo holding off the two defenders you know with the footwork giving it to Bentaleb who makes a really great pass and then Burkhalter with the finish.
1: Yeah, really nice goal. Good contributions from three different players as you said. Um yeah, Imbolo, really impressive strength and balance and quick feet to to hold off multiple defenders. Um you know, not go down and then somehow find a way to poke that to one of his players. That was a brilliant piece of play from him. And then Bentaleb, you know, great vision, sees Bergstahler kind of right on the shoulder of the defense there, looking to get in behind and and plays a beautiful ball, beautiful lead pass right through you know the la- the, the deep line and sends Bergstahler on his way and and Bergstahler held his run brilliantly. He was almost offside. If you look at it, I think it was the right call. I think he was on, but it was about as close as you can get. And then and then Bergstaller really composed finish. This is this is not the flashiest goal you're ever going to watch. To me, this was a really impressive goal. So it, as this this ball is coming. To him, I think there's a period of time. This is what I'll say: moment the ball gets within reach where he could take a touch on it, he takes at least ten steps, kind of running alongside the ball, um, and it lets it kind of run out in front of him. And his first touch is a shot, and he just he you know he sizes it up, finds the window, you know between uh, the defender closing him down and the goalie, and just kind of side foots this thing to the left side, far post, off the post, and just. A beautiful finish from Bergstaller, and, and just a great piece of composure to kind of let the, let that ball run through, and just perfectly. It was it was a really really silky finish.
0: Yeah, it was, and it's it's glad to see him get back on the score sheet, and then with a goal like that too, it was is your striker's goal. This goal you want to see from the run of play, which is like we've said many times before, it doesn't happen too often. So when it does, you want to cherish those moments for us. Uh, so two nothing there. Uh, that that. That capsulated the the goals for the game. Um, in the eighty third minute, probably ten minutes later, Imbolo uh, would come off to a standing ovation, and in for his debut is Cedric Toykert. Uh, he would come in, um, and you know he had some good movement in this in this one. Uh, he only had about ten minutes of, of, of pitch time, um, though there was an opportunity in the 89th minute, uh, just before just for the end of the game. Um, he got a nice uh, got a nice pass at the top of the box. Made a lovely move to free himself up, and he shot it low and wide, just missing. But the, it was so hard and so straight. I mean, uh, there's I, I, maybe it's just me being biased, but uh, I see something in him with like as far as goal prowess goes and, yeah. and his ability to shoot. Because we've seen other players do that, uh, <coughs> DeSanto, um, who just missed those passes <laughs> completely. And Toyker had conviction on that shot. It just it just missed wide.
1: Yeah, I mean, a tough situation for him to come into the game. They're already up two goals, and the other team's down a man, and there probably isn't a lot of um, uh, urgency from Shalka to provide him with service or you know g- g- get another one. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought he did it pretty well. He's pretty good on the two. He's able to uh, sometimes in, in kind of tight areas um you know put a couple good touches on it and shift the ball from one side to the other and buy himself some space to get a shot off we've seen that a couple times and especially on the player just mentioning there and um yeah really impressive to uh, uh to buy that space for himself gets a nice shot and uh doesn't miss by all that much and yeah you know i'm looking forward to seeing more of him um it's you know it's hard for him to get minutes when you have guys like you know Bolo and Burstaller and Harit playing up top sometimes and even kind of occasionally. So um, it's probably going to be he figures to be somebody who's gonna you know through training through the end of the season and then maybe in summer camp um, next season maybe finds a way to kind of push his way into the side and you know be an influence for us next year. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It was it was great to see him get his Bundesliga debut.
0: Yeah, so he it's very important minutes, and hopefully he gets some more as the end of the season coming along. Um, Both that, of the Nuremberg signings on the pitch at the same time. What team Nuremberg? Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, There are three guys. Schuff.
1: Did Schuff come too? From,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Did we Did we buy him directly from them though?
0: Maybe we. I think <laughs> we bought him. Yeah, I think we bought him directly. Yeah, maybe we did. Oh, uh, the other ones are free. Um, there you go. Or whatnot. They're awesome. Uh, so yeah. Be win, uh, that would be two nothing Schalke win. That would seal their sixth win in a row. Um, next week, uh, Schalke have Hamburg. Um, but as a, you know, like we said earlier, uh, based on the results from the rest of the weekend, Schalke now have a four point lead over Dortmund in uh, third place because uh, they got hammered by Bayern in the Der Klassiker. Um, Leipzig won, so they, I think they moved into third because Frankfurt lost. I believe did Frankfurt lose to Werder? It it Frankfurt? Frankfurt did. I think it was two to one, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, was two to one to somebody. Wolfsburg or Verder? I feel it like one of the W's.
1: Yeah, I forget who it was. Uh, uh, but it, not, not, yeah, it was Verder. Yeah, Vader beat them two to one.
0: Uh, so yeah, as good results for Schalke gave them a little bit more of a gap breathing room. Um, you know, we got Hamburg next week, who's at the very bottom of the table. They're going to be very dangerous because uh, they want to try to find somewhere to get out of the zone, but. Uh, if we can some way some find some way to get that seventh win in a row and and go into the uh, the big revere Derby, uh, that'd be good placement there because uh, hopefully whoever Dortmund faces next week, uh, they can at least get a draw out of that and uh, give us even more room.
1: Yeah, I mean Hamburg bottom feeders. Uh, you would you would expect that Schalke are able to pick up a good result against them, but you know can't take anybody for granted. Uh, you know we've done a good job of I think being for. The last few matches against um, some of the more lowly teams in the Bundesliga, and I able to maintain our focus. Although you know it is tough sometimes with the derby coming up after that. You know maybe you're looking a little bit ahead. So and, and Hamburg should be motivated. Obviously they have everything to play for. So uh, you know you can't can't take it for granted. And it might not be an easy match. You know hopefully can uh, Schalke can extend it to seven. How crazy would that? Be? Wins in a row. Good for them.
0: That would be amazing. Uh, I would I would absolutely love that. And I would not have seen that in my wildest imaginations. Yeah, same here. So, so Schalke fans, tell us what you thought about the game against uh, Freiburg, the 2-0 win. Uh, Tweet us at SO4 underscore podcast on Twitter. Alright, we're going to move on to a couple articles on uh, on Schalke. Um, It's... uh, we had been talking very little about these articles, but uh, we got a, we got a few here to talk about this one. Uh, first one, Jack. Um, there's an article going around in several several publications, uh, and uh, basic basic the titles have been for for in all the um, all the publications are Schalke aimed aimed to sign Juventus Loni to permanent deal after strong start in Germany. Obviously, we are talking about Marco Piazza. Uh, he had, he's played two games. He scored two goals. Uh, what what? Would you be happy with this uh, if they made it a permanent deal?
1: Absolutely. Um, he hasn't played as much as I actually anticipated that he would when we signed him. Um <sighs> You know I figured that he, we would try to maybe give him more minutes than we have but he, overall he's played pretty well when he has been on the pitch um, he, he has he scored a couple goals he's definitely shown that eye for goal um, you know able able to you know put some moves on the defender sometimes and um, he is' not the most clinical uh, he, he weighs some opportunities as well but he's, he's hit some 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 stunning shots you know on the other side of the coin so um, I would love if we lock permanently there is no option to buy his current deal um, so there isn't sort like an easy number that we work out with with Juve but um you know if if Piazza is open to it and, and and Juve is as well maybe we could pick him up that wouldn't be a bad bit of business
0: yeah I don't think uh Juventus are actually struggling to have any kind of talent offensively uh they're just loaded with uh, attacking uh, attacking talent there, not only on the starting lineup but also on the bench so um that they may be willing to uh to let him go, and uh, I'm not exactly sure how Jovey Des is doing. He's not getting much uh, pitch time right now, but the times he has come in, he has looked well. So maybe uh they'll feel that they're going to be kind to Schalke and... um uh, you know, buy a Hovidas and 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 give give Shaq a little bit of a deal on Piazza, but we'll see. I mean, it's ultimately up to the player if he if he really feels strongly about moving, uh, he'll make it happen. I mean, I think it was Nastasic uh, originally was it came over as a loan deal, and he kind of pushed the the permanent deal that happened, and yeah, and it happened, right? Yeah, I mean, Department Piazza,
1: he's coming off a very serious injury, kind of like Mbolo is, and he he hasn't had a lot of match minutes, and he's only 22 years old. He's very young. So, um, I mean, who knows what the ceiling for this guy is? Um, and you know, maybe you know now that he's kind of been out of the uh, the first team picture at, at Juve for a while. Missing him at this point, you know, with the injury and the rehab and all that. And um, you know, he would be a great player to pick up.
0: So, so, you know, I obviously I would love to have uh, Piazza, too, as well, as long as it's not like a ridiculous amount of uh, money we have to pay for him, like 20 million euros or something like yeah. that. But um, I'd, I'd definitely take him in a heartbeat. Uh, so moving on to another article, uh, this one was in Derveston. Uh, they, they're actually talking to Daniel Kalajiri after the game, after he scored. Uh, one of the questions they asked him is, you know, they said, you know, in the last game, that Schalke won a penalty. Uh, it was against Leverkusen. Nabil Benteleb stepped up and took the shot. Uh, then against Freiber, and obviously he's the one who took the shot. And they're like, uh, "I thought I thought Nabil Bentaleb was the, the main shooter. What's going on there?" And He goes, "You know what? It's it's good that three or four of us have you know the guts to shoot a penalty in such a it's an important opportunity, important time of the game." Um, Nabil, you know, obviously wanted to take a shot in this one again, but I took it this one because it was my turn. Uh, Harit and and between Harit, myself, and and Bentaleb, we we take time, we take our turns. Uh, so I think it's good because, you know, like I said, if one one of those guys gets cold, you have two other guys to step up. You don't want to have this one guy because if he starts failing, who do you go to then, you know? So you got three guys. You also keep the goaltenders guessing because you keep the same guy every time. Eventually the goaltenders are going to read read the film and figure out where you're going to shoot, you know?
1: You start showing tendencies. Yeah, I love having guys that, that are hungry for it and, and are up for it and have the confidence to go in and take you know one of those pressure kicks. Um, that's great that we have a couple different guys who – um who are interested in doing that. And uh I know that Benteleb can kinda have a little bit of an ego and a temper, but uh, you know, hopefully he was okay with that. And to the extent that the team is able to um, you know kind of rotate these or um, you know, play for each other and do what's best for the team and, and not, you know uh get salty about not having an opportunity or something. I mean that'd be great because we don't want, you know, a, a Neymar or Cavani situation. At PSV, where they're like ripping ball out of each other's hands and, and that sort of thing. I mean, and, and I don't think that would be the case. The chemistry on the side seems to be excellent. So, I mean, that that's awesome to see that you know Callagher got an opportunity and that you know he rewards that confidence with uh, with a conversion.
0: And speaking of salty, they did ask. You know, uh, Freiburg is a former team of Daniel Caligiuri, and so they asked him because uh, I, I don't know if you noticed after the goal, he yeah. didn't really celebrate. You yeah. know, being classy—that's how you should be. And he asked him about it. You know, oh, you know how do you feel about scoring on your former team? He goes, you know what? I play for Schalke right now, so I'm just doing anything I can to help the team win. Um, obviously, I'm not gonna rub it in their face if I if I score a goal, but. Um, I play for a te- I, I, I'm all about the team I play for right now. I don't care about the team I played in the past or where I'm going in the future. I just care about the now. And I, I think that's a professional answer, Yeah, to- for, for
1: sure. But, I mean, it's still nice of him to kind of put up and not make a big you know, showing of it. It's a nice sign of respect from Freiburg. And as long as you leave a good terms, I would hope that kind of every, every player would take that approach.
0: And speaking of respect, they did ask, uh, sort of asking, of course, a question about the the big Riviera Derby coming up. And he's like, "Hey, hold up! You know, we got Hamburg coming up. Uh, they can be dangerous. They're going to be hungry. We're not. I'm not going to. We're not going to overlook them. Uh, we're going to make sure taking one game at a time. And when we get to Derby, we'll get to the Derby. But until, for right now, we're going to worry about Hamburg. And yeah. That's exactly how you need it to attack. And I, I'm, I assume that's coming from Heidel and Tedesco. and It's coming its way down because you overlook a team like Hamburg, and you're going to be embarrassed. Uh, they're gonna get a result, and then you're gonna go into uh, the big game on a downward swing, and that's not where you want to be.
1: Well, Hamburg, you know, scored one more goal than Dortmund did last week, and, con- and conceded five less. So clearly, they're the more informed team right now, um, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> over Dortmund. No, yeah, that's. I mean, that, that's exactly the attitude you want to have. Um, I mean, I think all of us as fans are far more invested in the Dortmund match, and I'm sure the players are as well. And it's it's hard not to let that, that um, you know, distract you, but we do have champions League Five four and you know you have an opportunity to grab uh, what could be a fairly easy three points, you know one of the, the worst teams in the league, and you really gotta make sure you don't lay an egg there and, and let maybe an easier game slip through your fingers so uh you know hopefully they do that, and then you know uh if we do do that, Dortmund can't pass us even if they beat us in that derby because we will we will maintain that for so um yeah it's not it's not a it's not a disaster if we if we lose that one
0: the uh <laughs> i was gonna say uh last time we played a team that was in the bottom of the table was cologne uh, and the and uh and uh we we struggled in that one we barely came away with it was a one nothing win right and that one i, I believe I think so um so yeah it's uh, they should realize you know it doesn't matter where you who you're facing on the table I mean Chaka's proven it you it doesn't matter who you're playing, they look they play down to their level the of other teams, unfortunately, or play up sometimes. So uh they just gotta they gotta play tough like they did against Freiburg and just
1: get the results, get three points and get ready for the big game. Speaking of Cologne, that's another six nil game this weekend. They they lost six nil to Hoffen. Um oh, I know. Our future I guess, our future boy you, Mark going to brace. Love to see that.
0: Yes, yes. I was just gonna say that. It's awesome. Good for him. So, yeah, we need uh, – uh, he already has, I think, equaled uh, DeSanto's goals in just one game. Hey, speak, speak, <laughs> for the speaking season. of that, I just thought
1: this was funny because I looked this up. Um, <laughs> Franco DeSanto this season, I believe, has scored a goal 485 minutes or so on the pitch. Uh, Naldo has scored a goal every 504 or so. Um, one of them is a striker. One of them is a defender. So you do, you do the math there. <laughs>
0: Ooh, yeah. It's uh, uh, no comment on that. <laughs> hey, it's the evidence you know speaks for where, itself.
1: Where the tunnel is, so round of applause for that. Good for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Somebody's gonna put a picture of the tunnel where the goal is. Maybe you can uh, start scoring.
1: <laughs> yeah, hang a big graphic behind it, right?
0: <laughs> All right. So this last article we're gonna talk about real briefly. Uh, it's coming from the sun. and Really, it was uh, it was in many publications. Usually, I don't credit the Sun with many uh, good sources but uh, this just uh, did, didn't happen I saw it in many other locations so I'll just read you what the the headline and then the sub headline said and then we can take it from there if you want uh, the title is the Germans are coming Hertha Berlin fan arrested for masturbating in Stadium during match against Shaka. video appeared on social media on the man in his 20s sprawled on the way terrace with his jeans lowered and his hands unmistak in an unmistakable pose. Um, I guess the game against Hamburg uh, or Hertha Berlin was so boring that some fans just wanted to take it to themselves and enjoy it any way they could.
1: Yeah, I mean, you think you think <laughs> it would be the opposite? You think he, would you know, pleasuring himself to an, an exciting match of football? But as you say, maybe it was just out of boredom or something. Who knows? I, I missed I missed you know- this when this happened. Apparently, but that's that's a pretty funny story that uh, somebody was. And that, that
0: wasn't even the craziest part of this whole thing, because there were heard the Berlin fans sitting uh, standing around him, acting like it was nothing. I mean, they were within like five feet of him, and they were like, "Oh, whatever, it's a game going on, whatever." Da, da, da. I, saw, I saw people come like in the video you can watch. You see people turn around, looking around, but they didn't they didn't do any no reaction. It was just like, "Oh, okay, whatever." That's interesting. Well, that's, well, I mean, Hopefully, that's not
1: typical behavior for hair to Berlin fans to the extent that they you know they turn a turn a, turn their head from it, but. Uh, Yeah, wow. I don't even know what to say about that. That's a a pretty messed up story. Hertha Berlin fans, tweet us and let us know. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We want to know. It was a a 1-0 game. It was boring. What are you doing, buddy? (laughs) He showed you what he was doing. Apparently.
0: (laughs) Uh, On that note, I think we're going to wrap it up there, Jack. What do you think? Yeah. (laughs) We're we're off the rails now. So that's uh, (laughs) (laughs) We are off the rails. Uh, self-satisfaction. Anyway, uh, on that note, keep tuning in each week as we will bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Shaka, Fox Soccer, uh, 90 Minutes, uh, The Sun, and the Boons Liga for providing us tidbits for don't our podcast today.
1: Don't thank The Sun. Don't thank The <laughs> Sun.
0: Stop. They don't deserve it. Uh, they do not. This is, this is very true. Uh, if there are any topics you would like us to discuss, uh, send us a tweet at SO4 underscore podcast. Stay tuned to next week's episode where we recap that big game against Hamburg. It's not really a big game, but it's a game nonetheless. And we have to, uh, we're going to cover it uh, hopefully in the same vein that we've been in the last six weeks or so. Lucky number seven. Um, Lucky number seven. Um, Jack, where can our listeners find you on social media?
1: JM Mangan on Twitter, J M A N G A N uh, is where you connect with me on the Twitter machine. Um also made an appearance this weekend on the banter with Tyler Dunn, so make sure to give his show a listen. I'll make sure I tweet out that interview as well, so you can check yes, that out. Yes,
0: yes. I, I am looking forward to that one for sure. Uh, anything else you got going on? Anything uh, big coming up in your personal life or anything?
1: Oh, not really. Not really. Shout out to my Kansas Jayhawks for the last time. This is the last time you have to hear about them. Good final four run. Congrats to Villanova for the win. Good luck to them tonight in the national championship game. You got a winner
0: for tonight, Villanova, Villanova. Michigan? Go Cats. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Once again, I'm your host, Richard Carmen, and you can find me on Twitter and anywhere else on social media at r underscore Until the next spot comes, my friends. Stay ready, and we'll both be with you soon.